Hey everybody, welcome back to Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and authentic storytelling. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo, the founder and CEO of Cannabis Marketing Association. We are back after our break, and we have some amazing guests coming up this fall for you. And as you know, our guests are CMA members on this show. They are running some of the coolest, brightest, most growth-oriented businesses, whether they're marketing firms, PR agencies, licensed brands, or retailers, or data providers. We like to interview them on this show to get the full picture of what's happening in marketing. We are running a special. We get asked a lot about how to replicate this type of success. And so we're running a fall sale where for every annual business membership that signs up, now you get twice the benefits for the same price. We're adding a few hours of complimentary marketing consulting, particularly on marketing strategy, customer acquisition, and AI implementation, the three things we get asked about the most. But let us know what you need and we'll see how we can help. We also are giving our new members a feature across our blog, newsletter, and social media. So this offer ends shortly. Sign up today at thecannabismarketingassociation.com or email membership at marketingcannabis.org for more information. All right, now today's guest is video expert Julie Bakowitz, the owner of Onward Content, a video production company in Denver, Colorado, that covers everything from concept to creation, from live action to animation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and storytelling. My name is Lisa Buffo, and I am your host. And today's guest is Julie Bakowitz, the founder and owner of Onward Content, a video production company based in Denver, Colorado, that covers everything from concept to creation, from live action to animation. Julie has been in the industry for a very long time and has a lot of expertise in marketing and a very keen lens on video. So we're gonna talk about the role that video plays in marketing today and what it means for the bigger picture in cannabis marketing. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. So just to get started, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your professional background, how you got started in cannabis and what brought you to today um, founding Onward Content and the role that it plays in the industry. So I've actually been in cannabis uh, nine years in in total. Um, I had been working in New York in animation and design and post production. Um, I actually like looked at the years recently, and I have about twenty years experience working in the field, and I've. I've done everything from like corporate video to um, working in advertising and motion graphics and visual effects, even dabbling in some like children's animation projects. But um, I was actually trying to get out of it. And I we moved to Colorado, my husband got a job here and I sort of fell into it, back into it again because I saw the need for educational information. You know, I loved weed my whole life and walking into a dispensary and not seeing any real information was kind of alarming. And I saw an opportunity because you'd be sitting in these waiting rooms and in most most situations, they'd be playing like Netflix or something like that. 
So I got the idea to basically create a library of, of content that can run on these dispensary screens. And that's how I basically got into like digital signage. So my, my bread and butter is actually like digital signage content where I'm making video content for dispensary screens. Um, I have a library of content that I license, but in addition to that, I also uh, create all of the branded content. So all the promo content, that kind of stuff. So when you walk into any of these dispensaries that I manage, it kind of looks like they've made all this because my logo's not anywhere on it. I, I sort of have bundled everything into like a, a custom content network. And that's one side of the business. And then the other side is just custom content. I get hired to do training videos, to do social media content, you know, to do to, like testimonial videos. So I can really kind of come in as your video partner for all your video needs. Thank you. That makes sense. And when you, so two follow-ups to that. What role does video play in the marketing matrix for cannabis marketers? In this industry, cannabis is very visual. And to your point about education, there is a need for that. So can you speak to the role it plays in the overall um, marketing matrix, like as far as strategy and like what what is that? Um, how, how do you define its role kind of in the bigger picture for marketing? It's becoming a bigger and bigger role every year. When I started, you know, most people were kind of just putting up some still images, but now everything is moving to video and not just like iPhone videos, but like high quality video, like, you know, shooting really nice beauty flower images that we can, we can actually do something with, you know, like not to like bash iPhone photos, but when you hire a professional videographer or photographer, and you get really professional, high quality shots, that content does better. I have the data to back it up. Like the these beauty flower shots, the beauty concentrate shots, all of that stuff performs really well on social media. And I sit in dispensary waiting rooms a lot and like watch people watch the screens and that's what they always want to see. They want to see processes. They want to see macro shots of flour. They want to see, you know, the golden concentrates coming out of the live rosin press. Like all of that stuff does really well and it's what people want to see. So, um, you know, I'm always looking at the data because I can run um, any reports on some of the social media content that I'm creating for clients to see like what kind of content performs well. And that's always it. It's, it's like the same thing over and over again. Oh, another beauty flower shot. Great. So like <laughs> I've built so many montages of just like macro flower content, but again and again, people love to see that. So um, I'm seeing just more and more, not just video content, but also like professional video content come into come into the marketing space because you're right it is visual people want to see those trichomes and the beautiful colas and all that stuff and then as far as like educational goes yeah when i first started i really pushed the educational side of things but i'll say that there's been a major shift in the industry in that yeah education is nice but ultimately it needs to be sales driven so 
I would say like up until a few years ago, I was almost exclusively producing what I would refer to as like educational content that's like covering cannabinoids and terpenes and delivery methods and kind of like the, the standard informational stuff. But most of the consumers are, are aware of that now. We've, we're sort of over that. And now we're moving into what I refer to as like, like selling content without really selling it because, you know, we're also viewing it through the eyes of compliance. So if we want it to live on social media or like live in places where it's visible, we got to make sure it's really compliant. So there's this specific language and, and, and specific strategy that I'm using where, you know, we're calling it educational, but ultimately it's also has a lot of like products in it that we're able to kind of skirt that by compliance is like, yeah, it's a video maybe about cannabinoids or sleep or terpenes, but we're always making sure that there are a ton of products featured in it that like that can, we can always like tie that back in. Um, and that's really like kind of the, all the custom stuff that I'm doing right now where we're taking the like traditional informational or like educational content and and selling it as that but ultimately it has a sales focus because at the end of the day like we're here to drive sales yeah that makes sense um and so what is can you speak to some of that data as far as like the results you've seen or like the difference from um if you have it top of mind from professional video content and or uh what you just mentioned having uh, these, these educational videos that do have like more product shots than versus just somebody talking to them or, you know, a tour of the facility, not that there's not a time and place for that. But um, I think it's really interesting what you said about just marrying those two, having educational content, but it is a, a sales tool and being able to do both at the same time. Right. Yeah. And I used to always say like an educated customer is a loyal customer because ultimately like you want them to have a positive experience with your products and they need to understand how to use them. Um, but we're sort of over that. Like I, like consumers are educated right now. They, they're familiar with the products and the processes and everything. But as far as like engagement rate rates go, it's, it's, it's always the beauty stuff. It, even, and, and I always try to incorporate the beauty stuff into everything because I know that's what people want to see. So even if it is a video, you know, about, what Let's does that something. mean when you say beauty stuff? Like, can you just define oh, like, that? Yeah, like like beauty flower shots, like really nice macro um, flower, uh, the bubbly and the golden oil from concentrates. Um, anything where you can show healthy flowers too. Like I have done my fair share of retouching <laughs> a flower. Yeah. But... And, and I always recommend this with any anybody I'm working with. If you can hire a professional videographer or photographer who who works in cultivation spaces and is familiar with it, is such a niche, and you have to know how to film it, what to look for. You have to have the right lenses and and the right filters because, like, if you're shooting in high pressure sodium, you're going to need a special filter for that. Even if you're shooting in like with L in a cultivation facility with LEDs and if they're more purple hue, you need a separate filter for that. So like hiring somebody who really understands the process 
I work with a guy in Denver named Dan Curtis, who it's like almost all he does. And he knows the plant, he knows the processes, and he also knows how to talk to the cultivation team. And that's yeah. critical. And sometimes there's a disconnect where marketing calls up cultivation and says, we're coming to film today, or we're coming to film next week. And cultivation goes, yeah, well, we're harvesting or, you know, we, we, we're turning the lights off or, you know, like the plants just like aren't going to be in a state that you want them to be in. So like making sure you're coordinating with them and also making sure that like they're on site and somebody is with you when you're filming these flowers. So you're getting the, the healthiest, best looking flowers. So like all of those components go into it to make sure that you're getting these really nice, beautiful photographs or, or video. Um, when you're doing the macro shots, I always recommend photography over videography. And I can do a ton of cool stuff with that, with like animation and motion graphics. Um, and, you know, when it comes to videography, you know, just like showing the processes and sort of like showing the cultivation, but also just making sure that you're showing clean, healthy flowers. Yeah, that's not, so when you say that, that means sometimes that's not the standard or people aren't always nope. doing that. Well, yeah. I think what happens is in my experience, you hire just like a local photographer, you hire somebody who might be like a great lifestyle photographer, a great tabletop yeah. photographer. I mean, there's like all these different uh, niches within photography and videography as well. It's not just, you know, run of the mill. I mean, those people certainly exist, but you you certainly have to have to educate them on how to how to actually capture these products because the consumers know. The consumers know what fertilizer burn looks like. They know what spider mites look like. They know what molt, like mildew looks like. Like they know. And getting all those components together with marketing whoever you're hiring to do the work and then with cultivation is is really critical to make the end product successful. And like I said, I have done my fair share of retouching on all of this stuff. And if you just go into it with the with the more information, you can avoid all of that. So if you were a dispensary marketing team and you were considering hiring a videographer to get these assets, what would be some of the things you would suggest they do to prepare for that conversation? And what would be some of the com the questions that they would ask you? Like, how does a marketing team get ready to approach this if they don't know that much about, about these details and these nuances? Because I would have never thought, to me, that would have been obvious, but that makes so much sense that like marketing needs to talk to cultivation and like... It, you don't know which questions to ask. So like, what should they think about uh, when what are some of those things that come up in those first conversations? I mean, talk to cultivation first and see like what day is the best day to go and what time, you know, really work closely with them and give them plenty of time to also sort of like select the plants, like the healthiest plants, because they're going to, they're going to know, um, making sure the lights are on. You do, you do not want to piss off cultivation, uh, when you're like, oh, I need to pull that plant because we got to take a picture of it. And they're like, absolutely not. We're not, we're not messing with the, the light cycle. Um, 
that's your first step. Get in touch with cultivation. See when the best time is to come. Also, if you want to be capturing harvest and you want to be capturing trim and you want to be capturing like kind of like the whole process, coordinating with them is going to be really important. Um, and then also educating the the video and the the photography team, making sure they have the right filters. Like if you're shooting in high pressure sodium, Method 7, who makes the glasses for cultivation, they also make uh, camera lens filters and even like little clip-on filters that go on the back of a uh, phone. So if you are in high pressure sodium, like otherwise everything that you film is like that bright yellow color and you cannot color correct that. It doesn't matter how much you try, like just get the right filter. Um, And those are like, pretty, pretty standard things, but also just, again, making sure you're watching what they're filming and what they're capturing again, that they're capturing the highest quality, the healthiest plants. It's, they just don't know if they're, if they haven't ever filmed in a facility before, they, they just aren't familiar with like what to look for. And you're going to need as a marketing team, to like have a cultivation person with you at all times to make sure that that person is the the photographer and videographer are capturing the right stuff and make sure everyone is like, uh, uh, compliant, like everybody's badged. Who's like in the images that they're wearing gloves. Like the last thing you want to show is also like capturing anything that's like not compliant. So that's like another key component. And also I came up with, I recommended this to a client recently, um, get a work for hire agreement with all of the vendors that you work with. So you own that content. So a lot of times what happens is they hire a video team, the video team films everything and then cuts an edit and delivers the final edit but they don't deliver the raw files and you want all of it. You want the raw files, you want like everything that they've done and a work for hire agreement will, will transfer the intellectual property over to you. Cause when you just hire somebody and you don't have that in place, intellectual property law says that the creator owns it. So that, videographer and that production team technically owns everything, the raw files, even the project files, unless you have a work for hire agreement. Because time and time again, I, a a client will be like, well, we hired this video team and like, you know, we just want to like send you all the files, but like, we can't get it. And I'm like, well, what kind of agreement do you have in place? Did you is there a service agreement? Is there a work for hire agreement? And a lot of cases like a service agreement from the production company should have a paragraph about intellectual property transfer. If it doesn't make sure it does, you want to own those raw files. You do not want to like later have to negotiate a fee for a hard drive or a transfer or anything like that. Just like get it locked in place from the very beginning. That's a great, great point. Um, and I'm guessing that would come at a premium. Like, uh, is this standard to have the videographer own that IP 
or it's really on the client to kind of bring that up first and make sure that's in place? It depends. It's a, if, if you're yeah. just a run, like I've found that um, if there is no service agreement in place, nobody has thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're hiring, and this goes really, in my opinion, for anybody that you hire, if you're hiring designers, if you're hiring any vendor that you're hiring, you should always have a work for hire agreement in place that has information about intellectual property that is transferred to you. Because that also means that you own the design files or the project files. And that usually comes at a separate fee. Like I, yeah. I don't hand over project files. That That is like something else that I will charge for. Um, but it just comes at a fee and like, then you have everything. Then it's like- And when you say project files, you're saying like the near final or the final product. Like what I'm do you saying mean you say I'm saying your InDesign files, your Illustrator files, your Photoshop files, your Premiere, okay. After Effects, you know, anything that they're, basically anything in Adobe that they're creating, because gotcha. then you, you sort of like own the, the, the process. And that does come at a premium. Like don't expect that to be part of the, of the um, service agreement. It, and, and mine clearly states like, if you want the project file, it's, it's a negotiated fee depending on like the size of the project. But um, definitely getting stuff like that locked in place because I have a lot of clients that are constantly chasing after old vendors, vendors they don't have a good relationship with anymore, trying to get the project files, the raw files. And if, if you are upfront from the very beginning about how you, how you want things to run, that is really critical because a lot of photographers are also, um, I find photographers more than videographers. Photographers are, are very sort of um, afraid to do that. They don't like doing that because uh, they think maybe they're, they're owed a royalty or they're like owed something. It, it definitely comes from like the old school thinking of when before things were digital <laughs> and they had to print yeah. everything because they made money on the printing. So that sort of mentality has still, I've found still exists in the digital world, even though it shouldn't, you should literally like hand them a drive and be like, put everything on here. I own it. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, great advice. I've learned a few things so far. Anything else that you would suggest that either you wish was talked about up front or for marketers as far as figuring out how to best engage with video and put video into their marketing mix? Like anything we haven't covered on that topic so far? Data. I mean, looking actually at the numbers, um, you know, I find a lot of... Uh, a lot of people are just like, whatever, just throw something up. Just make, just put a video up. People like video. Video performs better. Yeah, performs better, but like, let's actually think about like what we're doing here. Is it part of the larger marketing strategy? How, how is that one video going to live on multiple channels? So like, you've got content for digital signage, you've got content for social media, you've got content for your web. Those are all different formats, yeah. not just like sizes, like vertical versus horizontal versus square, but also the length 
and whether or not you're putting subtitles on stuff like in store has to be subtitled if you have anybody on the screen. Um, also, like the length of which the comps, like the text is on the screen has to be taken into consideration. It's a different experience when you're like looking at a phone than when you're looking at a screen, like in a store or when you're like looking at on a, on a website. So just just thinking through all the channels of like where this could live and how many times you can also like cut it up into different pieces. So like a reel is going to be like 10 seconds, but like a website video is going to be a lot longer than that. And, and taking the same piece of content and being able to use it in all these different ways. So it might be, I don't know, a video about sleep or whatever. Uh, how are you going to cut that up and resize it and reuse it in all these places? And also how does it align with the rest of your marketing strategy? Like, where else are you talking about sleep? Well, where else are you talking about these things? So oftentimes I like get hired and they're just like, we just need this video. And you're like, okay, but this is a marketing exercise to, to plug into the larger marketing plan. <laughs> and, um, oftentimes I will like walk the client through in the very beginning, like some basic questions around like what I just talked about, like, where is this going to live? Who are you talking to? What kind of customer data do you have that supports this? Are we talking to this group of people or this group of people or this group of people? So having the data and the larger marketing strategy is just going to make it more successful. Taking a quick break to remind our listeners, if you're not a CMA member already, join us. You get access to all of our online webinars and content in our member portal. This fall, we're doing a three-part series on AI marketing for the cannabis industry. You also get access to our members-only Slack channel where you can connect with other cannabis marketers, ask them questions, tell them about your product or service. You can be a contributor to the CMA blog, speak on our panels, be a guest on this podcast. You also get discounted pricing on our conferences and partner events and get to use our network to generate leads and offer promotions. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at membership at marketingcannabis.org or sign up on our website. And just to remind you, if you sign up for an annual business membership, you will get an extra two hours of free marketing consulting and a media feature on your product or service across our website, newsletter, social, and blog. It sounds like you also act as a marketing consultant, and that seems very important in the sense that marketers who may not understand the nuance of video, you know, shooting the right uh the right plants and cultivation, what lens do you need? How does the color of the LED lights impact that? You know, if you're a marketer and that's not your expertise, you might not know to ask that questions. But conversely, in video, it sounds like you're acting as like a strategist and a marketing consultant as far as making sure the video is tying into the bigger picture and the bigger marketing matrix. So can you talk about um, how those conversations go with brands and kind of what that how that plays into the marketing strategy. Sure. Yeah. I think if you're creating any kind of marketing content, regardless of what it is to sort of have the overall marketing strategy, um, 
the it's going to be more successful. Like you, you can, you know, you can make suggestions if you're aware of, of more of what they're actually trying to do. Um, you know, just asking the simple question of like, what's your goal? Like, what do you want to happen with this video? Where is it going to live? Um, who are you talking to? What data points do you have to support any of this? And I think that should go for any creator. Like my husband is a carpenter and he always jokes that like when people call him and they're like, I need a circle cut out of wood. He's like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. what for? So just taking it like a few more steps in a lot of cases changes the concept or or just educates the the video team so much more that they can they can make recommendations or 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 maybe change the format i've done that a few times to make sure that that it actually fits within the the larger like marketing plan so yeah if you're not asking those questions and and some people disregard them entirely and they're like no this is the plan this is what we want and that's perfectly fine too i you know they've done their homework um but it it does it's so much more um helpful to just dive a little bit deeper to fully comprehend what the overall goal is yeah work smart and not hard and knowing your your buyer persona and what they want where they're communicating and how is starting with the end in mind so that this strategy and this tool, and I always say, like, I get asked a lot, what's the best, what's the best place to advertise or market my cannabis business? And I'm like, that is question five. We need to go back five more questions and understand who are you trying to market to and where are they getting their information? How do they like to be communicated with? And then we can get to the channel and the strategy. And I think you're bridging that gap nicely by saying video is a tool. It is a it is a strategy that gets put into different channels, but we want to understand the why and the how so that when you do the technical part, it is fitting into that picture and, and it can become something that they can use um, and extend its its life, so to speak. Right. So, yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Such... Yes. So you better, better not, you're going to use it. <laughs> yes, definitely. And it, like you said, with cultivation, if there's a certain window, it has to get done. If you know, this is the time to, to film the plants before the harvest, before 420, you have to make sure you're thinking about it because once that window has closed, if say there is a hard deadline like that, it's not going to open again. You can't just go back and reshoot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's super important. Um, I want to talk about the, the project you've been working on that we've talked a little bit about brand folder. So as someone who has worked in marketing for a very long time um, and worked with different clients, there is the asset management issue as far as different logos, different colors, how do, you know, it's one thing, it's easier to say conceptually, this is our brand and this is how it's going to be overlaid and this is this is what it's going to look like. But then in practice and in technicality as a whole, kind of another beast. So can you speak to um, that issue, how it shows up in your work, and then you know, tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Brand Folder. Sure. So I work with brands and dispensaries across the U.S. And off, when I'm making the content, I need high quality assets. 
I need a high quality PNG logo or, or an AI file or a vector file. And I can't tell you how many times over the years I've been sent low resolution assets, whether it's a product image or a logo or whatever. It's, it's kind of mind blowing that someone like thinks it's okay that like, this is going to look good. And it does not take a lot of work to make it look good if you're well organized. And, you know, most people are sending Dropbox links or drive links or, you know, box links or SharePoint. Don't even get me started on SharePoint. It's a nightmare dealing with SharePoint. But that's your storage unit. Like you're like, I don't show anyone my storage unit or like the shed in my backyard cram full of crap. It is not well organized. I'm not showing that. The door is locked. I go in there when I need to find something, but I am not putting that on display. <laughs> Brand folder is the nicely organized bookshelf, credenza, whatever you have like in your home that shows off your stuff, but you show it to company. Like you, you maintain that, you dust it, you organize it. It looks good. It's company facing, if you will. And that's what brand folder does. Brand folder takes all of your assets and organizes them in a way where you have, the idea is like a one true asset kind of thing. And it's not a, it's not a like million subfolder situation that you're seeing in all the other platforms. It's a completely different mentality. And the reason I love it so much is because it's this thumbnail system that just allows you to reorganize things in, in really easy ways to find it and then present it to people. So when I get sent a Dropbox link and there's a thousand subfolders, nothing's organized, nothing's labeled. I like you're 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 really making it difficult for people like me and any partner, any partner that you're working with. I mean, I have a design background, like I can pull what I I need, but if you're just throwing links around with all of your assets in it and it's not organized, you're putting yourself at risk. One like for being out of for for like a, it's a compliance risk, especially if you're like a multi-state operator and you're just like literally sending the like folder of the brand and all the state assets are in it and you're relying on an end user to figure that out. There's a risk there, but also they could pull the wrong thing or you know and and brands that are using DAMs that's what they're called like digital asset management systems have thought that process through so that they're delivering the right asset. And I am now a brand folder partner because when I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. It's one asset that you can organize in all these different ways. So you're not like duplicating assets for certain people or making it, you know, creating a separate folder and duplicating everything. It's literally just like, you've got all of your assets and thumbnails and you can kind of reorganize them how you need through a bunch of different ways. And when you open it, you can literally just see everything right away. It's like so easy to, to navigate. And, and it, I will tell you the brands that are using brand folder or some kind of dam, they get more marketing play because 
when I get asked to make a promo or a video or like something for a client, like say there's like an edibles special going on, I'm going to go straight to those brand folders. Kiva is the perfect example. Kiva has a very well-managed, um, updated, you can tell they're updating it regularly. Um, I go straight to them because I know everything's there. They've made it so easy for me. So they're actually getting a lot more marketing play because they've literally made the whole process so simple. And I don't have to like dig through a thousand Dropbox links that honestly are like in emails or whatever. I can just go there and be like, I need the Camino assets or I need a gummy asset done. And it's got Kiva on it. And guess what? All the other edibles brands that didn't make it easy for me are not going to get that play. <laughs> They're just not. Um, so I'm actually building a resource on my, my website of all the damn links for brands. So retail marketing teams can easily go and like find, and it's all organized by state. They can find those brand assets and they're not digging through their emails or trying to like find whatever Dropbox, whatever, like it's literally all laid out. It's like, you need this asset for this state. You can go there, you can find it. And like, then you're good to go. It's not quite done yet. I'm still kind of working on it. But as a brand holder partner, I can now kind of like close the loop on that where I can say, I can onboard you. I can even uh, build the whole dam for you. I can show you how it works in the cannabis space. And then I can also make it as part of a resource on, on my website. And the reason I'm such a big proponent of brand folder is that they have something called CDN links. And that could potentially solve this menu image asset problem that we have in the industry. <laughs> right now, whether using Dutchie, iHeartJane, whatever POS system, online menu, digital menu, every SKU has an image. And some platforms, you can override what the brand is putting up there. And that means that the brands are relying on the retailers to basically upload each individual asset asset. And sometimes they're like just taking pictures with their iPhone. You can tell instead you could just embed the, the image from the dam where that's the one true asset. Anyway, that's the asset that you're sharing to everybody. And if your packaging changes, you're not trying to chase everybody to be like, oh, I have the new asset. Here it is. It's embedded. You replace that. And then it goes straight through to all those platforms. So that's kind of like the next big thing that I'm working on, because really that is that is such a major challenge for brands and retailers. They're irritated with that system, too. I just got to get the POS systems and the online menu systems to adopt it. But it 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 should not be difficult. <laughs> That's awesome. That makes sense. It didn't occur to me that the retailer could put whatever image they wanted if they didn't have, like, I could see how in this case, having the organization of the brand files is more than just, is it in Google Drive? Is it in Dropbox? Is this the AI? Is it the JPG, JPEG? It's like, no, you have different products. You have, they're labeled different in different states. Um, that, that becomes so much to organize that there's a lot of time and energy saved in having it visually laid out that anyone can access. 
Um, right. Which, and then, especially yeah. if you're in multiple states and you're just sending that one Dropbox link and they pull a Massachusetts asset and they're in Maryland, yeah, that's a risk as well. Yeah. So like there's, there's just so much room for error and it's such a tedious, tedious task. A lot of my clients, dispensary clients are just relying on like the front desk people to do it. And if they don't, if they don't have access to the assets, they're literally taking pictures with their phone. Yeah. So, and, and, and all of the platforms that I've talked to, I heard Jane Dutchie, whatever, they all say that the, um, the products that have high quality imagery have higher sales. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's true e-commerce. That's just a best practice there. Yeah. And I'm sorry, there's like a, a meeting going on behind me. Can you hear it? A uh, little bit, but it's okay. It's, it's very okay. low. All right. Don't worry about okay. it. Are you Got okay it. on time? I have a little bit more time. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to just ask you if there's anything else you want to talk about and then we can like wrap it up. But was there anything we missed outside of that? That's kind of it. Like, uh, I mean, I did kind of want to talk a little bit more about the video stuff with, um, I have this one client I talked to yesterday and told them that I was doing this and there, there are ones, um, they're in Nevada. They're called Deep Roots Harvest and they're, they're actually, they're whole like social media content strategy is pretty interesting because that's one where we're like really looking at data and really looking at engagement. And with them, I work closely with their PR firm, Maverick PR, and we're constantly reviewing, okay, all right, what, what's the engagement for this? And we've kind of also like broken the video content down in a bunch of different categories. And like one of the categories is beauty. And those are always the ones that, that, have the highest rates. So they've been just like a great client to really dive into to this and, and get real results. And then we're able to take that information and make sure that we're creating content that, that historically has had more engagement. So um, we've been uh, we've been working together for like almost a year now. And then we have these monthly meetings where we just kind of like, look at the rates. We look at like the product releases. We look at anything else that's like going on in, in their marketing calendar to curate everything that we're, we're putting on social media. And then I'm able to create weekly content for them based on all that information. So that's like a really good example of like coming in as their content partner in, in a much bigger way because I'm not just like, you know, creating whatever content that they, they, they think we should, should make. We're all like collaborating on like, okay, these things are happening this month. How do we create strategic content that we know gets high engagement rates historically? So there's always like a good review of like, this works, this doesn't works. What's happening next month that we can take all that information and then create content that we know uh, resonates with their customer base. So you do, you, you are a content partner. You're like a marketing strategist and content partner from the lens of video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I come in, I have these monthly meetings with clients and, um, we take all that information to plug into their, their content calendar. Um, so 
you know, like right now we're working on a lot of Black Friday and Green Wednesday stuff. Like, what does that, what does that kind of content look like? Um, talking about rescheduling, talking about kind of like some of the stuff like going on in the news. So having, having just like a, a larger idea of, of all the different types of content you create, but with the data and information that is going to also guide that is really critical and especially having the industry knowledge and the compliance knowledge like I have an entire like poster that I've created that I worked with a compliance lawyer on of like how you're allowed to talk about this so I can really take all that information and, and 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 guide them through the whole like content strategy process because like if I was just like a videographer and they were just or an animator and they're just hiring me to make like xyz content but they have a bunch of non-compliant information in it like that's where I can come back and reel them back and be like we got to say this in a different way yeah yeah that makes sense the compliance is the base of all of it in marketing and you got to get that right so that it can be used and it can be measured and iterated from there yeah, I have this great poster. I'll send you a link to it. Um, if anybody wants it, I always drop, I drop it in the mail all the time. I ordered like 500 because they were like on sale and Vistaprint. <laughs> so I have this like massive stack of them and I send them out to clients because they hang them up in their break room. And it's like the do's and don'ts of how you can talk about cannabis. So I've got the like, uh, you know, what you might, want to say especially like referring to like qualifying conditions and then there's some you know language that is a little bit safer that you could say instead so I have fully adopted that for all of the content and I I also consult with my clients on like how we can best and most compliantly say things that's that's a really helpful value add for cannabis companies and marketers who may have not that full picture. So I'm um, I'm really glad that your service exists and that cannabis marketers um, can work with you. Do you work just in Denver or do you have a larger footprint? I work all over. Um, initially, I worked, I obviously started here, um, but a lot of my bigger clients are now on the East Coast. Um, yeah. At this point, there's, you know, been a lot of acquisitions and mergers. So I've had some mom and pops that have like gotten me in some of these bigger places. And, um, I would say the majority are from one of two groups, like larger regional players that kind of understand their regional market or MSOs that have, you know, a, a, a national footprint. Um, I don't really have too many of the smaller clients anymore they're they all kind of either fit in one of those two categories that makes sense well julie how can thank you so much for your time today do you have any other closing thoughts you haven't mentioned and can you share whatever contact information website email or social handles that you want um, with our audience and we will post them in the uh show description where we publish sure i have to admit i am terrible on social media so i (laughs) No worries. Um, I actually only have it to like watch what I'm doing for my clients. So yeah. I can like, I, I rarely post. Um, my website is onwardcontent.com 
or you can reach me um, at julie at onwardcontent.com. Um, happy to ship out that poster of the do's and don'ts. Uh, if you want to email me, I, I can I can drop it in the mail. Um, and or yeah, if you need any any video or digital signage, I work with a ton of like menu providers as well. So I'm um, I'm integrated with all these uh, digital signage providers. So give me a call. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Lisa. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to another episode of Party Like a Marketer. Don't forget about our fall special. For new annual business members, you get an extra two hours of complimentary marketing consulting on marketing strategy, customer acquisition, and AI implementation, or let us know what you need. We're also adding in an additional media feature talking about your products or services that will be shared across our blog, newsletter, and social media. So reach out to us at membership at marketingcannabis.org or sign up on our website today.